So Sunday, March 15th, 2020, COVID-19 and divorce. Hard to believe that was almost four months ago. We were, uh, we all did sort of an emergency conference call trying to figure out all the changes that were happening almost hourly. The thing, I, I went back and listened to that podcast. There's a couple of themes that I think all of us were experiencing. First, safety first. Um, you know, we're worried about our cases. We're worried about our friend Rich Harris in Colorado, who was ahead of the curve um, with respect to illnesses uh, that had affected some members of his team and people close to him. We were worried about closing our offices. Uh, that was stressful for a lot of us. We were worried about client service. And we were also very worried about managing our teams. Uh, we all have uh, a number of lawyers and support staff that work for us. The, I wanna welcome our listeners on Family Law Now. I wanna welcome our viewers on YouTube. This is COVID-19 and Divorce Part Two. We're almost four months since that original podcast. Um, Ontario, Canada is starting to phase out the lockdown, depending on what region you're in and what your infection rates are. Uh, with each phase, we experience a little bit more freedom in terms of some of the things we can do outside of our homes. This looks like it's gonna be the new normal for a while. I know lots of people hate that saying, uh, the new normal seems to change every day. Um, but before we take a deep dive into the approaches the four of us are taking, let's just do a brief introduction. I want to introduce our uh, guests. Maybe everybody can tell us uh, where their offices are, what the size of their firm is, and maybe a short COVID-19 update. Um, Brian Walters, you want to start? Sure. Uh, hello from uh, Dallas uh, Lovefield Airport. There's actually two, two airports here, and uh, I'm getting ready to catch a flight. Uh, so just wanted to do this before I did that. Um, Walters Gilbreth is my firm. We have offices in um, Texas, uh, Houston, Austin, Dallas, and uh, we have 22 employees. We just added four. Um, and so I'll be with you as long until they start to board my plane. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Brian Galbraith, you want to go next? I'm uh, Brian Galbraith. I'm owner of Galbraith Family Law. Uh, we have offices in uh, Barrie, Newmarket, and Toronto. We have uh, 16 lawyers and, I don't know, about 12, 10 uh, support staff. Uh, and we only do family law. Um, and it's, uh, it's been quite an adventure. And I, um, um, we've started to open up our offices uh, a little bit uh, to, and when it's necessary to, to meet with clients in person. And, and our staff is coming in every uh, two days a week now so that we have never no more than 50 percent of the uh people uh, in the office at any one time so yeah we're, we're doing all right uh, it's starting to open up a little bit in ontario but we're still still cautious thank you brian billy hi there this is billy tarasio and i am the owner of modern law in phoenix arizona um i've got five attorneys and a total of i think 15 of us um and we, we're a little bit in the hot seat right now because Arizona wasn't necessarily slow to lock down, was quick to open up, and is now, I think, as of yesterday, 
has the highest infection rate of anywhere in the world. So we are um, adapting. Yeah, that's a big change because four months ago, you're pretty much in the clear. There wasn't much of any COVID going on in your area. Yes, and that has certainly changed. And it has meant that, you know, over the last four months, there have been many, many different policies to who can be in the office and when and how and um, and then, you know, reacting to what the public wants as far as, you know, some people demanding to come into the office and demanding to sign things, you know, via notary when they don't have to be. So there's been a lot of, a lot of management of um, both the employees and the clients and the opposing parties. Yeah, and a lot of fear of technology as well. I'm Russell Alexander. I, like Brian, practice in Southern Ontario with several offices. We have a team of 20 plus or minus, depending on um, whether we're hiring or people are going off on a leave. But let's, let's get into it. Um, how are you operating your offices differently? You know, video calls, electronic documents, signatures. Billy, I'm gonna throw this one at you first. Well, thankfully, the firm was set up so that everyone could work from home. So it took only a few weeks to really um, adjust and to be fully functional. And productivity-wise, we're actually more productive now than we were before. Um, revenue numbers are, have hit you know, records for us the last two months. So we're in a position to take advantage of the need that people have to see family law attorneys who are structured and set up uh, to work in a way that that works remotely. So, you know, we didn't have to learn how to use electronic documents or portals or communicate with clients virtually. Um, so in that way, we've really been able to take advantage of uh, some things that maybe some other firms were not able to take advantage of. And I know we're going to talk about this, but also I think makes you puts you in an advantage in terms of recruiting as well. I think so, yes, and we are looking to recruit. We've been looking to recruit for some time now and um, haven't had a lot of luck with that, but I'm not in a hurry because the team is functioning so well. The last thing I wanna do is um, bring on somebody who's not a great fit. Right, great stuff. Uh, Brian Walters, how, what are you doing differently these days? And how are things in Texas with respect to COVID? Well. I count now we're at the fourth different metric that we're using to measure the severity of this situation. Um, and I've stopped making predictions about uh, when things are going to change or when the focus is going to be different. Um, I keep reminding myself that this is an election year and um, nothing makes sense in an election year, at least in the United States. So uh, we're going to just keep going as we go. Um, we had sort of a similar situation to Arizona. And so um, now it's gotten to be more restrictive again. And I don't know if that's gonna change or, or what, I would just kind of rolling with it. And actually my story sounds a, a lot like Billy. Uh, we were ready to do this. We didn't see it coming, but we were ready. We're structured for this anyway. So this actually was very easy. I don't think we lost more than a day. I don't even know if we lost a day. And, and uh, we did have uh, less work, I think, for in uh, kind of late March to mid April where I think just the whole world kind of froze what they were doing and the courts, uh, clients, all that kind of thing. But um, with family law, you can only put that off so long if you don't want to be living with somebody or married to somebody. So 
we've seen uh, the same thing as May and June and continuing this month have been record months um, for us. And we've seen uh, our competitors really struggle. Um, and so, you know, for better or worse, um, that's the situation that, that we're in here. All right, thank you. Brian Galbraith, changes that you've um, been experiencing? Yeah, we, we uh, sent everyone home, uh, I think it was March 12th, uh, including support staff and, and lawyers. And, and that was uh, pretty easy for us, like uh, Brian and Billy, uh, because we'd already been working remotely and had a lot of uh, uh, programs in the cloud and a, re a remote server set up and uh, all the infrastructure that was necessary to, to move home, we had in place. So uh, it went well. Just like Brian, our experience uh, was similar that we had a kind of a dip in the number of new new clients coming in the, in the door and initially. And some of them, some of the existing clients were really reluctant to move forward because there was a sense that, well, this thing is just going to last a couple of weeks and then we'll go back to normal. And so uh, that didn't happen when pe and when that didn't happen, people started to realize, well, uh, we're going to be stuck in this situation for a while. And then they started to um, uh, take action. Uh, but the last uh, uh, couple of months, it's been an um, upward uh, um, uh, curve for us in the sense of uh, more clients, more consultation, new clients and more work. And uh, we just hired a uh, an additional lawyer uh, to uh, to cope uh, with with the uh, surge of, of new clients that we we anticipate will continue to happen. So, um, yeah, it's it's been interesting. You know, I just just moments before this call, a, a lawyer uh, emailed me and said that uh, the agreement had been signed and she would be dropping off four copies of the original uh, so that my client could sign them and sending me a digital copy. And I said. I don't really need the originals. Just sign, send me the digital copy. I'll get that signed digitally and we'll be done. Uh, you can keep those originals for whatever purpose. Because uh, I don't see any, you know, we're, we're practicing law a little bit differently now and uh, adjusting to this uh, new reality and it, it's going quite well. But yeah. some people, some people are a little bit slower to catch on. And uh, like Brian said, some of our competitors uh, you know, just froze and stopped practicing and stopped serving their clients. It was just unbelievable uh, that they would just back away like that. And I think the, the Law Society up here will have some, uh, some calling some people on the carpet for uh, their poor service during this time. Uh, but we've been able to continue on. Yeah, I think the big change is the move away from paper. And I think the Ontario court is starting to take note. It's such a paper-based system, it completely ground to a halt. Uh, we did hire somebody like Brian. And initially, a lot of our competitors shuttered their offices and laid off staff. And I can understand why. Um, our staff, save, save and except for one person who needed to take a leave, have been more efficient than ever. They're not... They don't have to commute, they don't have to do their hair, they don't have to get, you know, I think we're more efficient. We're getting clients in for consultations the same day, where before they'd have to wait two, three days, lawyers are doing it by Zoom. Uh, so I think it's made us a much more efficient uh, team. 
so we kind of touched upon billings. Um, you know, we, I think we've all experienced a bit of a dip and I think we're seeing a bounce or a bit of a surge right now. Um, but what would you say, Brian, you think divorces are increasing or you think it's the backlog that uh, has been put on hold for four months? What, what are you seeing out there? Are you asking me? Which, which Brian? Sorry. Well, I'm asking uh, Brian Galbraith. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think there is a, a bit of a, an increase because of some pent up demand that uh, initially people uh, didn't um, have the ability to move forward with their separations and divorces. So there's some pent up demand, but there's also so much uncertainty uh, that some others would be will, might be a little bit reluctant to uh, make a big change in their life. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, we're seeing uh, our courts here in Ontario just starting to open up now to non-urgent matters, and uh, so I, I anticipate uh, that we're going to see a, a big increase in clients coming out to our yeah. our offices. We were doing a lot of settlements via Zoom during the lockdown. And what I was seeing from some clients was underlying frustrations just kind of came to the forefront with the homeschooling and both spouses working from home. Uh, they just realized they don't want to spend the rest of their life with that, their particular spouse. Uh, Billy, are you seeing a notice in the, um, the volume of divorces? It's hard for me to say if the volume of divorces is up. Many of the cases that seem to be coming to us have not been divorces, third party rights, like vapes, you know, modifications, people who are um, not in good shape and, and emergencies that have come out of that. That's, that's what we really have seen a ton of. How about Brian Walters? Are you noticing a bump or what are you seeing with respect to divorces? Both. You know, speaking over the past two months, both the bump in quantity and um, uh, conflict level. Um, I, I was in, in an in-person hearing yesterday, and I walked out of the courthouse with the court reporter, and um, she told me sort of the same thing I've seen, is that they've seen more heavily contested, bitter hearings um, in the past month than they had probably all of last year. Um, you know, they're, and I don't know if that's because you're in this you know, this pressure cooker at home or because that causes conflicts or issues that wouldn't exist otherwise. But um, it's a, it, it's noticeable. And I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm having several of those a week now, uh, usually by Zoom, but also in person. It's, um, it's picked up quite a bit. My law partner is even busier with them in Austin. He's just, just overwhelmed with the, the level of them. So drawing down on some specific issues, in Ontario, the court effectively closed except for emergency matters. And then there was a, sort of a whole new area of case law in terms of what's urgent, what's not, what do we do with custody, visitation, access, you know, people overholding access or denying access. Uh, and, and so there's some jurisprudence that came out. We were quite active dealing with those types of cases. Have you had the same experience, Brian? I assume you're you're asking me. <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure. Brian Walters. Uh, so we we moved away from the only emergency situations um, by mid to late April because it just it, there are just too many other issues that aren't emergency but need to be dealt with. 
So there, it's still, you. if you have an emergency one, you can get, I think, a little bit quicker hearing, but it's become almost a, a moot point. They're just letting us go back to the way we were. We're just doing it mostly by Zoom, 95% by Zoom. There's a few courts that are doing it live. Um, so for us, it's pretty much back to life as normal. You're just, you're just by video most of the time. Right. Billy, how's your experience been with respect to custody access visitation? Um, the court came out, um, or I guess the judges came out with written uh, guidelines that were very helpful, that answered a lot of these questions proactively, and that said to lawyers and clients, here's how we're going to rule on issues related to access, related to you know, social distancing. And, and that really helped us um, offer some certainty to clients who all had these questions. And then what we saw was our courts did really rule consistently with regards to these guidelines. Um, they did not treat COVID as an emergency. They were not gonna grant an emergency you know, hearing regarding somebody's concern regarding COVID. And then the other thing that our courts did was kind of like Brian, very, very quickly, um, they adopted video hearings and, and we're almost all to video hearings at this point. And it looks like, at least in Arizona, what I've heard and what the judges have said is that we're going to stay that way. So no more will we ever do a, um, a non-evidentiary hearing in person. And even the evidentiary hearings are going really smoothly uh, via video. Mr. Galbraith, your experience with custody and access issues during, so far? In Ontario, they um, uh, were doing hearings by telephone conference call until just recently, and now they've uh, moved toward uh, starting to use Zoom. And it's only been urgent matters related to, uh, well, related primarily to COVID and uh, custody and access issues. And uh, but now they've started to open it up. So I, I'm we've had a lot. We have a lot of files that are cases that are just waiting. Uh, for it to open up, and I, I, I think it's going to be a real backlog. And uh, the judges are are only hearing a, a limited number of cases uh, each day at a conference or at a motion, and so I, I think it's going to be, uh, even though it's technically being opened up, it's going to be slow moving and a, a tremendous backlog in our court system. So you know, we do uh, some uh, a lot of collaborative practice, and we do a lot of negotiation and uh, mediation and and uh, those lawyers in this province who do that sort of out of court work have uh, been very very busy and i think uh, that will continue as well brian walters i know you're boarding in a few minutes what steps have you taken to help your clients and your team uh during all the exchanges so we've given we've been very flexible with our employees um it, you know, the ones who really feel like they need to come into the office, um, which is uh, not that many of them, um, we've made it safe and, and we've given them available space that, that they can do that if they really need to. Um, for the clients, it's sort of the same thing. We've given them the option of, um, do you want to, you know, if you want to come in where well, we're going to be very reluctant to do that, but it needs to be on very, very safe terms. And there really aren't that many people that, that want to. This kind of reminds me about, um, or similar to telemedicine, where you can go now see your doctor, which for un reasons unknown to anybody, I think now, we're, we're, that was resisted for years. And now it's 
it's the same thing. Why would you used to think I had to go see my doctor? I need to see my doctor. And it was the same thing. I need to go see my lawyer. And we've been pushing back against that for years, just partly because Houston's, you know, a hundred kilometers north and a hundred kilometers south and a hundred kilometers in each direction from central Houston. And a lot of people don't want to do that. But now that we can kind of say, well, that's not our, you know, it's just not our preference or policy. Once, once they do it once, um, that's, that's not um, not difficult for them. Um, they don't come in to do in-person consultations anymore, which was kind of the way most people did things. So a lot of that's changed and people have, it's one, it's kind of, Zoom is a little bit like, if you do it once, um, it's not that hard and then you can, you'll be fine. There was a judge, uh, one of the older judges in Houston um, at the end of May who uh, was doing, I had his per, the first Zoom hearing was with him. Um, and he was complaining at the beginning, I don't like this, another way I want to do things. But now he'll do them all the time. He did, did that one and it was easy and, um, and off we go. So. Just getting over the fear and the unknown and now you don't want to go back. But I want to just pick your brain for another minute here, Brian, because I know, Walters, because I know you're leaving and then we're going to get to Billy and Galbraith. Um, predictions for the future, Brian Walters, or in closing comments? Yeah, I already, I already swore off of them because I've been... <laughs> Every time, like I said, the other metrics that were dominating discussion were went one way. I said, oh, well, we're out of the woods. And then another one gets replaced. So we're just going to roll with it. And um, nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody could have predicted the past four months. And uh, so uh, we'll just do our best for our clients and staff. And, and um, I bet you we'll, uh, when we talk about this in a couple of months, we'll probably all be very positive about it like we are now at least for ourselves so i will sign out i want to thank everybody for uh inviting me and um i hope to see you guys at the next one thank you for uh joining us today have a safe flight billy if i can turn to you next um are you seeing much much action or business in terms of support claims alimony uh, changes because people are losing their jobs no surprisingly we're not um, there have only been a couple, but uh, the majority of issues that people have been coming to us for are not financially related. And how are people getting a divorce during um, the pandemic in your community? Like, is the court still accepting process? Yes. So our court is now fully functional and actually moving cases faster than they ever did pre-COVID. We're seeing temporary orders hearings be set just very, very quickly. So I think the court has gotten more efficient. And are those done electronically or in person? Almost all hearings are done electronically right. via Zoom, via video. So I can say Brian now, Brian Galbraith, any, uh, what have you noticed with respect to child or spousal support issues? Yeah, we haven't seen a, um as big a surge in that area as we expected, but I, I think that will come. And, uh, um, uh, you know, that because everything is so uh, up in the air, people haven't, uh, haven't pursued them. That's my feeling at this point, but, uh, but, you know, it's so, so hard to guess, you know, our guess is that there will be a surge of people seeking to reduce their support obligations moving forward, but we haven't seen a lot of it yet. The biggest uh, issue that we see are, are parenting issues and uh, uh, parents that are trying to use the fact that the court system's shut down to minimize or prevent any uh, time with the other parent. And uh, 
those sorts of uh, sorts of things. So uh, those have been the most difficult issues. And I wonder if we could just flesh this out a bit. We talked a bit about it earlier. Brian, is your office open, closed, remote, a blend of both? What's, how are you um, returning to the new normal? So what we, um, what we did is uh, it, we've been completely 100% remote. I, I Saying that, you know, I would go to the office for about five minutes once a week to sign checks or do whatever was necessary. And people would drop in to, to deal with any documents or the mail. But we, uh, many people didn't go to the office at all since, uh, since March. But uh, we've opened it up a little bit now. What we've done is said, clients cannot meet with a, a lawyer in their office. We have uh, two rooms that are designated for meeting with clients. And uh, what we did is we cut a hole in the wall between the two rooms and put some glass in so that there's a window. And uh, the client sits in one room and the lawyer sits in the other room. And uh, so that there's uh, two desks between them and, uh, and a sheet of glass and uh, that's the only way, uh, and they're, everyone's asked to wear a mask because clients are asked to wear a mask when they enter the office. And we're, we're using that right now as a, what we call for a signing room. You know, if people need to get in together for signing purposes. But I, you know, I, I thought there would be a lot of demand for that when we open that up and, and there has not been. Uh, people have been using electronic signature and, and uh, it's gone well and so, so they just are going to stick with that, I think, at least for now. And then our support staff, uh, uh, we've said if you could come in two days out of the five, uh, two days a week, uh, and we stagger it so that we always have somebody in the office, but uh, less than half of uh, the normal number of people in the office at one any one time. And the lawyers are also only given a couple of days a week that they're able to use the office if, if they want to, uh, just to minimize the number of people and, and they make it so that social distancing is uh, more feasible. So, so we, I said we've sort of opened our offices uh, and I, I, see this as, um, I, I see this as the way forward for us for quite some time. Um, I think it's, it's a safe way of practicing and it's um, respectful of some people can't um, manage the technology. Some clients uh, just cannot, don't even have a computer or, or a cell phone. And, and so we need to be able to see them and do it safely. And so we've set that up. Uh, but uh, I'm encouraging people to, to minimize that and, and only as necessary. And let's try to stay remotely, uh, working remotely. It's worked very, very well. And uh, uh, and it's just safer for everyone. And, and you know, people love it, uh, Russ, because some of my lawyers uh, have a long commute. They're coming from Toronto, or it might be an hour, an hour and a half drive to, to work. Uh, and uh, they like to have, be able to avoid that by just going on Zoom. So, yeah, I, I, I see that as being the case for a, a year or two. I don't know. Some of my staff are more introverted, and they didn't like interacting with doing the water cooler talk to begin with. So they, this is uh, heaven for them. They get to stay home. But I, you were kind enough to share with me, Brian. Uh, you also created an office manual or protocols as well. 
Yeah, we, before we opened it up, we, we put together our, our policies as to how to handle uh, incoming paper, how to uh, meet with clients and, uh, and uh, you know, how to clean before and after clients so that everybody pitches in and make sure that the space is, is left clean. We, we, when, the, when things are sanitized, an office is sanitized, we put a little sign on the keyboard to say, this is a clean office. And uh, then the, we, the cleaners, if they come back uh, in a couple of days and no one's used the office, they'll see that the sign is still on the keyboard and uh, they won't need to touch that office. And so we've, we've instituted that as, as a way of staying focused on what needs to be cleaned. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're pretty vigilant and uh, we feel like we, we need to, you know, a couple of our lawyers have uh, babies and yeah. Uh, you know, I live with a, a senior citizen, my wife's uncle, and we, so we need to make sure that we, uh, we protect everyone as, as much as possible. I thought you were going to say your wife there. Um, Billy, um, you open, close, remote, blend of both. What's going on with your team? We never shut the office to, um, to our people. We always allowed our people to come in, but never encouraged them to. Um, we had, you know, rules about people who could not come in, you know, if they had any symptoms whatsoever. But, um, but there have been people in my office who have accessed the office for whatever they want. Either they want to get out of their house and work, or they want to... Um, you know, do a Zoom meeting from our office. They've been able to do that. Uh, I've been much more careful with people outside the office, restricting clients' access to, um, you know, by appointment only, and then requiring use of masks. And now I'm only allowing clients in the office if they get specific approval from me, um, because there are some times when uh, that's that's what everybody wants to do, and I'm I'm willing to figure out a way to make that work, but I'm trying to make decisions that protect everyone and also respect what it is that people want to do. So it, it is a challenge, and it is a moving a moving target. And you want to avoid the you know the scenario where the lawyers are working remotely and the intake team or the clerks are on the front lines meeting people, right? That's kind of an unfair setup as well. What we've done at our office is we've broken into two teams and team one works Monday, Wednesday, Friday, team two works Tuesday, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah. Team two works Tuesdays and Thursdays. So you're working with the same team each time and then it rotates each week. Uh, we do that for a number of reasons. It gives us the space to socially distance. Everybody has a work uh, a workstation and then there's an empty one or two. Um, freeze up our boardrooms. And also in case a team member gets sick, it's not gonna infect the whole office. It's just gonna infect that one team. Uh, and we're also like Brian, it, we were set up remotely. So we've got sort of a hybrid approach where we're trying to get back to some kind of new normal where we're physically seeing each other in a safe way. Uh, we started our team lunches this week. So I had lunch with both teams on a patio on two different two different days uh, which was great it got us out into the community the patio was set up with all the safety protocols and 
it's been beautiful weather in Southern Ontario and it was just great to be physically present with each other, uh, even at a, an appropriate distance. So I think that goes a long way as well. The Zoom meetings have been great. We've been doing regular Zoom meetings, but having that, you know, physical connectedness, even just being in the same office, I think really does a lot for team morale. And we've also implemented cleaning and safety protocols similar to what Brian has done. So let's just move on. Um, so Billy, what steps did you have you taken to help your team or your clients transition through um, the pandemic? And I guess it's really starting to build up right now in your community in terms of um, people getting sick and um, the spread. We've just tried to put out as many resources as possible to the public. So we're creating a lot of videos and information about how to prepare for your Zoom trial and you know pitfalls that we've seen, how to make sure that you guys are looking at the same exhibits, how to prepare with your attorney, what to, how to set up your house, how to remove distractions. Um, so we're really trying to proactively empower and communicate clients um, on all, all things that you know impact them. What does the court say about the COVID parenting guidelines? So every time the court gives us information, we're passing that along to clients in a way that is catered to what matters to them. And then as far as employees, it's been, okay, well, what do you need in terms of lighting? What do you need in terms of equipment at home? Do you, let's everybody pick a new chair from you know one of these three chairs. And then also just trying to stay connected and nurture their emotional health by adding a couple agenda items to our weekly meetings just to check in with one another to see how everybody's doing emotionally. That's so important. One of the, one of the questions we ask all team members is how's your technology today? And it's surprising, mm -hmm. surprisingly, everybody has different issues for different reasons. The internet in one particular part of the community could be slow or their laptop could die, but just, sort of fleshing out what goes wrong, then we can all kind of have the same kind of uh, sort of group think in terms of troubleshooting it. But I love the idea of doing the videos for your clients. It's just fantastic. Uh, Brian Gilbraith, how about you? What are you doing for your team and your clients? Yeah, we, we've been doing a lot of videos as well, but I like the, the topic of how to prepare for your Zoom hearings. That's a good one. And, and uh, I'm going to work on that in the next week or two. Thank you, Billy. Uh, one of the things about the um, the staff and the law is that we've said to them, if if you need something for your home office, uh, here's a budget. There's $250 that each of you can spend. If you need a second monitor, a different desk, uh, you know, one lady wanted a stand-up desk so that she could uh, stand up or sit down while working, and uh, so we got her that. Um, most people didn't really take advantage of it. But uh, I thought it was um, it was well received as a gesture of saying, you know, it is hard to work at home and we want you to be feeling good and comfortable. Um, and uh, talking about there's been some research on how uh, productive people are uh, the, when they're working remotely. And what the research that I've seen say is that uh, people, managers like it when people are working remotely because they're more productive, but the employees don't really like it because they miss the social aspect of work. And uh, so the, the recommendation in the article I read was that it's ideal if the um, employees have a couple of days uh, 
in the office and uh, two or three days at home uh, so that they have that social aspect. So we have a once a week meeting with everyone by way of Zoom. And that's when we talk about policies and procedures and updates on uh, the court system and technology and all those sorts of things. We do that, that business end of it. And then we started to uh, a thing where we do a quiz and uh, I make up a whole bunch of questions that I email out to everybody. And then I send everybody into uh, breakout rooms of four or five people and together they have to come up with, uh, with the answers. And then we come back together after about 15, 20 minutes uh, and, uh, and see which uh, breakout room got the most, gets the most points. And they're just silly questions. And just after Canada Day, they were all related to Canada and uh, uh, our, uh, our um, people and, and history and so on. Uh, but other uh, quizzes have been on uh, <clears throat> different aspects of divorce. What's the divorce rate and who's uh, most likely to uh, uh, go through a divorce and those sorts of things. It's just been a, a, a really fun way of uh, connecting socially for a few minutes uh, with some other people from your office. And I think clients, I should say my uh, staff and lawyers really, really uh, look forward to, to the quizzes. It's just fun. That is a great idea. We do something called the Kahoot, which is uh, it's online and everybody everybody can see the screen and then they answer the quiz with their phone. Uh, and so you can see the results in real time. It's kind of fun way to break up the uh, the day. Brian, in terms of having your staff return, are they is it mandatory or voluntary in terms of coming back to the office? Uh, it's it's. Uh, mandatory. We have we haven't had any resistance uh, to it because uh, we've kept it to a minimum, and and they saw all the precautions in place. And as my office manager said, uh, she sure feels a lot safer at our office than she does when she has to go grocery shopping <laughs> or do any of those other tasks out in the community um, because uh, because we have so many precautions. So. Um, yeah, everyone uh, was was uh, happy to come back for a couple of days of the week, and and essentially we have a setup like yours where it's uh, you're with the same people um, uh, on the same days uh, each week, and uh, it's it's been okay so far. And we have so few clients coming in, you know. There's it's uh, it's worked out really well so far. Yeah, the, the, our team members who come in like it because they're away from their kids and also the technology is good. The internet's connection's great. So uh, I think they enjoy that part of it. What we have done, we've, uh, we hired two on-call counselors to provide mental health counseling for our team. The firm pays for it. I don't know who gets the counseling or why they're getting the counseling. Um, so that's a resource as well that we've provided and our, our, our team members have been accessing it, which is great to know because that's something that's easily overlooked in all this is how people are handling the change and the mental health aspect of it. Yeah, we, we offer that as well. And I, I, I haven't received a bill from the counselors, so I, I don't think uh, anything has, anyone has availed it, but it's a really uh, good gesture. And, and I think it's a, a, the right thing to do. And I, I, uh, I was copying your initiative because I thought it was such a good one and, and I hope other people make that sort of resource available. 
we didn't get a bill for two, three weeks, and then I got three in a row. So it's just a block fee. We pay it, no, no questions asked, but it's good to know that the service is being accessed. So let's move on. I, those, this is great information, guys. Thanks for sharing. Um, before we move into marketing, any final managing tips that you may have for other law firms or business owners? Bill, you want to go first in terms of management? I just think that everyone is individual. And so one of the most important things that I do is meet with them individually, you know, once a week or once every other week, because people need different things and people are in different places. And we do have the ability as an employer and as a firm culture to really support one another. So really taking the time to check in, I think is pretty crucial. Are you doing that in person or via Zoom? No, via Zoom. Brian, any uh, management tips? Well, I think I think it's it's important to communicate uh, uh, clearly with people and and uh, help them anticipate any further changes that are coming their way, uh, and uh, be open to feedback and uh, see how people think about uh, different ideas that you might have and see see what they feel about it. So that you know, at one point we did a uh, created a survey monkey and sent that out to all of our staff and uh, lawyers about what they uh, felt would be appropriate if we started to open the office up. And uh, we got some really good feedback. Uh, and we also kind of set the stage for it to happen by by reason, of, by way of using the, the survey. People were knowing this is gonna happen eventually. So that was helpful. But we also discovered some small things that they were easily corrected, you know, technology problems that uh, that we we could address. So that was a nice tool, and a, um, I think it was uh, appreciated by everyone at the firm. I've been kind of pondering this idea. You've seen, I've you know, I've read about these tech companies that are suggesting they're happy if their employees never return to the office. Uh, so I guess if you have team members that are meeting certain targets in terms of receipts or however you measure productivity. I'm wondering if that would be a reward to say, you never need to come back to work. You could just participate via Zoom. I'm not sure if, it, if it's gonna work or not, but it's just it's an idea that's floating out there. Well, I, I, I don't see a problem with that regarding the, the lawyers, but uh, when it comes to the staff, it was, brought to my attention that there was only uh, two or three staff members that were coming in to to deal with the the papers that or whatever needed to be dealt with in the office uh when we were shut down and they they came to me and said you know it's it's not fair that we have to do this always uh that we don't like to have to leave our home and uh, there is a you know an element of risk involved in doing that and so we that's why we said you know everybody should share in that uh, responsibility. Uh, but, you know, if we do it right, we can uh, minimize it to uh, two days out of, out of the, the week for each person. Uh, but for the lawyers, if they come or not, uh, it doesn't matter to me as long as they're uh, um, billing and, and providing good service to their clients. So I, I'm, I'm open to them. Uh, staying uh, out of the office. Billy, have you given any thought to this idea that maybe some people never need to return to the office? 
I have never required people to come into the office. So it's always been optional for people to work remote as long as they were able to get their jobs done. And that was previous to COVID that was harder on the staff than it was the attorneys. With our new model, our office manager is the only person who has to be in the office and she handles any anything that has to be done in the office and she likes coming in. So she, so as far as I'm concerned, if people want to continue working remote and the clients are getting what they need and the you know team is getting what they need and they're productive, it's, it's going to work fine for me. And I assume those remote team members are still participating by Zoom or some other electronic means with the staff. Yes, everyone is, is required to participate to the same extent as if they were in the office. Right, great tips. All right, so. I, you know, I, I was um, looking at buying a, a different building <laughs> last fall, uh, a bigger building so that uh, we'd have more space for more people. I'm sure glad I didn't do that. I've heard of, uh, of uh, lawyers who are renting space and uh, they're, they're not renewing their leases uh, because they just don't, they just realize they don't need the bricks and mortar to be able to, uh, to function well, so yeah. It, cha it changed quickly. I'm still paying for a boardroom I just built and um, designed for larger collaborative practice meetings. And now we use it to social distance when clients come in because we've got oh, a 16 okay. foot table. So we put mm -hmm. one client at the end and uh, slide the documents across the table. But yeah, it certainly has changed quickly. So let's just talk about marketing for a minute and then we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank Billy and Brian for all their time today. Uh, what's working for you, Billy, in terms of marketing right now? Uh, you know, that's always such a hard question um, because I, I never know exactly what's working with marketing. Um, being present, being seen, put out, putting out relevant content, putting out newsletters um, is probably the thing that's working the most. We are, we have gotten, uh, at least at first, a real increase in leads from social media because when, when this whole thing first went down, people were spending so much more time on social media than they were previously. I feel like that's evened out a little bit. Um, the other thing we've done is we've really advertised to other attorneys in the area to let them know that we are open and we are able to help them in the, in the event that they're not able to um, service their clients at this time. And that has created a lot of referrals as well. Interesting. Never thought of marketing to other attorneys. That's great. Brian Gilbreth. Yeah, we've, uh, we've been doing a lot of, work with Facebook and that, that's been great and doing a lot of uh, videos and they seem to get uh, attention. Um, uh, recently, I, I uh, finally got around to putting together a MailChimp account and uh, downloading our uh, opened and closed cases, the emails to, to that and, and send out some emails to uh, some uh, clients and it, it's uh, generated some work as well. So I've never, Never tried an email campaign to my own clients, and, but it, it seems to have uh, um, generated some some work. Um, so, you know, I I think uh, uh, Google uh, paid ads are are generating uh, continue to generate uh, clients as well. 
And, but, you know, you, you just have to, I think everything helps, you know, everything I, I seem to do generates some clients. And so it's just a, um, a matter of trying a, a variety of things and being um, uh, lucky. And uh, if you're in people's face enough, they eventually will uh, get the idea that this is what you do and uh, come knock on your door when they need your services. Email is a great idea. We run two newsletters a month. One's designed for clients. So have client specific content. The second group is for professionals. And so that would be a more high level analysis in terms of what we're talking about. And then we have a, a group, I think of 700 professionals we email uh, monthly. And, and MailChimp has great stats. They'll tell you who's open, who's unsubscribed, um, you know, how many clicks each, uh, each topic is getting. So it's effective way. I'd say probably the most effective uh, form of marketing during the pandemic for us has been video. Uh, whether it's a short video using a smartphone or a more in-depth video using professional equipment, uh, people want to feel that connectedness. Uh, maybe less so now in Ontario, now that we're sort of coming out of the uh, lockdown. But during the lockdown, uh, everybody was going to video. And Brian and I talked about this offline in terms of the stats that we saw moving from pay-per-click to social. Um, and it was overwhelming how many people were going to video to get information, especially with respect to family law. We're starting to see that swing back a little bit now and PPC is picking up. But I think there's a lot of value in video. It's easy. Clients love it. So that would be my tip. Um, so predict, I want to thank Billy and Brian and Brian Walters as well for joining us today. I want to wrap up maybe uh, with some predictions for the future. This could be uh, 18 months to two years before uh, a vaccine's available to the public. Um, so predictions for the future and closing comments. You want to start, Billy? I mean, I, I, it's hard to say. I think that right now we can kind of safely assume that through the end of the year, this, this is a, a good thing for us to continue to plan on doing. I don't think our courts are really going to go back to the way things were ever. So some changes I think are permanent, regardless of whether or not, you know, COVID-19 goes away. Um, but in terms of timing and lockdown and the danger that's present to us as humans from living through the pandemic, it, I mean, I think you're right. I think it could, it could easily be a year, 18 months, two years. Right. Right. Um, Brian Gilbreth. I heard a podcast uh, with the president of uh, our founder or owner of Shopify. And he said in their office, they, they consider that this pandemic has, has moved the use of technology from 2020 to 2030. Like we've, it's just accelerated the, the use of technology. People that were reluctant to use Zoom were forced to learn how to use it. People just started to uh, uh, eat up the technology that's available. And, so, and uh, that's been a really positive thing. And I don't think we're gonna go backwards with respect to the use of technology. Uh, and I, I think it's a, a positive thing, but you know, people are, naturally social and uh, when there's an opportunity to 
to gather eventually. I think they, they will. You know, I, I don't think we're going to close our offices completely, uh, our physical offices, and be a virtual firm, because I think people do like uh, human contact, and, uh, it, but it'll be, it might be a, a while until we get to, to that point. And, and I, I think that's okay. We, we're, we're very lucky. We're very lucky to be in this profession. Uh, you know, so many people are, are really suffering and not, are not able to run their businesses at all. And here we are. Uh, it's a privilege to be able to work from home. And, uh, and not everyone else is uh, in, in that situation. So I think we're going to do okay uh, in our profession. And uh, uh, we'll just have to get used to this uh, new way of interacting. We're lucky also, Brian, as the three of us have been had built up a culture of working remotely. So it was a really easy transition where we had other pr professionals and colleagues shutter their offices and basically ground to a halt. So other than maybe a bump or two in terms of improving our network or buying laptops for our team members and maybe webcams, um, it, we we have everybody here has shown a lot of leadership and for other businesses in terms of how you can continue to operate during a pandemic. What I'm seeing a lot more is uh, people are installing internet at their cottages, on their boats, on in their RVs, uh, and they're working from those locations. Uh, Brian and I have had meetings where I've taken off my background and I'm on my boat in the middle of the lake somewhere, but. Uh, it's fantastic, right? You still wear a shirt and tie, you still present the meeting professionally, but you don't even need to be in your home anymore. So I think that's going to be... We, uh, we installed a Wi-Fi booster at, on our boathouse so that we can be down by the lake and, uh, and still still connected uh, yeah. through the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm searching uh, satellite, remote satellite uh, Wi-Fi as well. It's a little bit expensive, but you can pretty much be anywhere now and run your professional services firm, provided you got a good laptop and a good internet connection. My prediction, I'm hoping this will jolt the court out of using paper. I'm not optimistic. For some reason, the legal profession loves paper. They love files. They love filing things. Uh, they love affidavits of service that are, get filed in paper saying you filed the paper that you're supposed to file. It's, it's really quite absurd. And I don't know if you've noticed, Brian, um, now we're returning, we're opening up. Now there's new forms we file to file for the dates that we missed, right? So we seem to always trip ourselves up over this idea of being locked into paper. But hopefully, at least in Ontario, I don't know about you, Billy, I hope that jolts us out of you know, the 19th century um, paper-based system. Uh, the other interesting thing, a comment I heard uh, from a judge about six weeks ago, a lot of criticism with respect to Zoom or Skype and online hearings was this issue of credibility, right? We need to be in person to assess credibility. And this judge ran one of the few Zoom trials that occurred in Ontario. I think it might have been a criminal trial. There's been a handful that have been conducted. And his view was the opposite of everybody's assumption. So he says doing a hearing by Zoom makes findings of credibility easier. 
you've got a close-up of the person's face. Uh, you're right there observing the testimony. In a courtroom, the judge may be 12 or 14 feet away from the witness box, making notes. Um, in terms of demeanor and credibility, his, his argument was it's easier via Zoom. So I thought that was a really interesting spin on technology because that was one of the big objections uh, council and people were making about electronic hearings was how do we deal with issues of credibility. Um, so I think we're going to continue to see that evolve in the future. Uh, any final comment though, Billy, over to you. No, thank you very much, guys. I got to sign off. Okay, Brian. Uh, Richard Suskin has recently uh, uh, written a book about the future of uh, the court system, and uh, I'm I'm working my way through it. And it, what he says is that uh, we're going to have a hybrid system, or what he recommends, what he hopes, is that we'll have a, a hybrid system where where there's people are still going to courts from time to time. But he says court shouldn't be a place; it should be a process. Right. And 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 so he sees that that there there would be a lot of electronic um, uh, determinations. That meaning just by writing uh, written materials presented to the court, and the court reviews them and makes a decision. And then uh, a lot uh, will be by video conferencing, you know. And this this is a good thing because it makes the the uh, justice more accessible to more people. And uh, so it's a positive thing uh, going forward. It'll be really interesting to see, uh, um, you know, in a few years, we'll be looking back going, oh, do you remember Zoom? That was such an archaic system. Uh, we, we've come so far away from that. At least I hope we, we will. And there'll be so many more developments that will make it uh, so that justice is more accessible to more people. And uh, more affordable and uh, uh, more efficient. Or we'll be looking back and saying, remember when we used to have four or five story courthouses with uh, courtrooms and people in it? That could be a thing of the past too, maybe not. So I wanna thank our listeners on Family Law Now for tuning in today. I certainly wanna thank our viewers on our YouTube channel uh, for tuning in. If you like this, uh, you can share the video with your friends. There's a bell at the bottom for YouTube video watchers. You can subscribe to our upcoming videos. There'll be a comment box at the bottom. We endeavor to answer everybody's comments at the end of each week. Please leave your comments and we'll try to get to them. Look for us on our uh, Family Law Now site. You can see show notes to today's show. Thank you, Brian, for joining us today. I'm Russell Alexander. Be safe, everyone. Thanks a lot.